welcome back to Brooklyn Bite, Brooklyn Rebound Podcast. It's your boy Pod Drew here, and uh, unlike a normal Brooklyn Bite, we're discussing NBA playoffs. You know, we've got Eastern Conference Finals coming up. Western Conference Finals starts tonight, but who really cares about that one? All I want to talk about is those thrones, like me and my boy Pod Nam have discussed on the past couple of episodes. Right now, I want to dedicate a whole mini-episode just to the newest Game of Thrones episode. Let's see how many times I can say episode in one 30-second uh, span here. Episode, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. And I've got young episode over here. I don't know what, I don't know which, which young I've got over here, but it's my boy E-Nam from Mr. Zerelevant Podcast. Hello, E-Nam. I'm back. I'm back. It's your boy E-Nam, a.k.a. Young Iron Price. Young Iron Price. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I like it. So you pay the Iron Price then? Always do. All right. Well, that's. I mean, luckily I don't have any jewels or gold or anything on me to be uh, ransacked here. Yeah. I've got. You know, my. You're gonna take my my headphones, I guess. You can keep those. You can keep those. <laughs> Your Apple Price. <laughs> uh, speaking of apples, there was one of those made an appearance in the show yesterday. But uh, before we get into it. The episode which was called Book of the Stranger, which I'm not really sure why it was called that, but in any event, uh, let's get a little background here. Young Iron Price, what is your have you read the books in uh, Song of Ice and Fire? Or are you a show watcher only? Uh, I did did read the books like a nerd, did do that like a nerd, like you read them as a like a nerd, yeah, okay. So not just reading makes you a nerd. That's, oh, no, no, no. That's not no. what you're holding like a wand and a sword and everything. All right, so we're on the same level here. At least we both both read the books then. Yeah, the honestly, the Ice and Fire books are... Well, do you like reading a lot? Uh, yeah, I read a bunch. Them? Okay. Which is not my case. I don't really like reading fiction that much. Or I, I, the past, uh, you know, probably decade or so, the Game of Thrones or the Song of Ice and Fire books are really the only fiction the only novels I've really gotten into a lot oh word you but then I got really into them and I like read all the theories online on reddit and everything like that so you're not on that level right of a not quite I don't do the deep dives I'm okay. familiar with most of the they major call it like tinfoil theories and all yeah. of that um, but anyway so that that gives us the background because when I discuss the show with uh, Inam aka Padnam he has not read any of the books I don't I'm pretty sure he has he read one? I don't think he's read any, so and he barely even knows what's going on. Uh, so this is going to be a real X's and O's podcast, much, much as our NFL pods have been. Unlike, except unlike <laughs> Mr. Robin podcast, where I make I constantly make the claim that we're really going to break down the game film and the X's and O's, uh, and then we proceed to talk about what Russell Wilson was banging and all that for an hour. <laughs> Gotta hate that uh, guy. <laughs> unlike... Save it for Mr. Zerelman. Uh But unlike that, I, um, you know, I can really get break it down on this. But but let, let's just talk about show only, though. I mean, maybe I'll no, of course. throw in some differences from the book if if they come up. But what did you think of the episode last night? I thought it was a really strong episode. Book of the Stranger, by the way, refers to um, it's part of the religious text, the the seven. Right. Well, I know it's the stranger is one of the seven gods, but I just yeah. I guess I didn't see. Did you get something from the episode itself of why it was called that, though? Mm-hmm. When the uh, 
what is his name, when the High Sparrow was telling that story to Marjorie, okay. uh, that, that text that he was referring to was from the book of the uh, stranger. It's about like giving up your possessions to walk a uh, right. whatever more pious religious path or whatever. So is there a book of each, I guess, at least from reading the, With the that books myself, I, I didn't sure. realize there was a book of each, like a book of the father and the mother, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I assume that there would have to be. They do. They do a really good job of like not telling you like more than they have to about the uh, the like world around. So it's always like a discovery. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so the all right. Well, that makes sense. I guess if he mentioned book, I I completely missed that he even mentioned that. But um, usually the the episode title has more like deeper meaning in some way, which. Mm. I don't really. I didn't really get that. For, if it's just from the High Sparrow, like quoting that book, I don't know what. Like um, the ep, one of the episodes this this year was called Home, which had like a lot of meanings each mm-hmm. way, or like Oathbreaker and like people breaking oaths. Like, was the stranger in this? Like, I don't know. Uh, thematically, if we want to force it, uh, I guess you could say um, part of the like the like thematic material of the Book of the Stranger was like giving up like on all your like fun worldly things and they're i guess john and sansa are talking about going home and like getting their like fancy lordly life back uh, you, you could yeah you wanted a, to force it. i guess that's my point it was a, you had to force something in this one but uh it was a good episode overall i liked it a lot actually mm-hmm. um maybe my favorite one of the season so far not I sure. really, really liked last week. Um, last especially, week was good I, we, we will definitely get to this. I imagine uh, I thought the ending of this episode was pretty weak, so I'm definitely gonna oh, go this with episode four. was, was or with three. It's my favorite so far. Yeah. Okay. You didn't think the ending was lit? No, no, not lit. So episode three was that one called Oathbreaker. What What did you like it the best about that one? <clears throat> That episode was so, like, every scene was so charming and so, like, so perfectly acted. So uh, charming when uh, John hung Ali and the rest of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there were tense moments, sure, but there was, like, you could definitely tell, and I can't confirm this, but uh, David Benioff and, and whatever Weiss, Mr. Weiss, Weiss had, uh, like, obviously binged Mad Men in the offseason. Like, and, like okay. all the dialogue was snappy and charming and momentous in a way that, like, dialogue in thrones has been known not to really be hmm. okay it's interesting i'm trying to think i'm trying to think if the dialogue was any different because they wrote the last two episodes uh-huh. um i'm trying to think if i noticed the difference in dialogue i don't know that i did it was, it was pretty good in this episode too i will say yeah i guess this episode had it had a more momentum kind of feeling than mm-hmm. any of the other episodes so far or Maybe one of the most ever, honestly. If you think about the show, it's like really slow all the time, or it uh, really gives you a little bit at a time. Yeah. And characters aren't meeting up. Finally, in this episode, two Starks met up for the first time since, other than Starks that had been that never separated, like Caitlin and um, Rob were together the whole show until they both died. Mm-hmm. And I guess Bran and Rickon were split up a, a couple seasons ago, but they are together. But other than that. Um, this is the first time two of the family members bumped back into each other at literally right. since big moment in five seasons or six seasons really and did you realize that John and Sansa that was their first scene ever on the show together right she sort of like dismisses him at a family dinner in the first season I think 
I uh, guess what well, I think they were, but they've never like they never like talked to each, to each other. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she dismisses him to Arya or to the rest of the family or something, and then yeah, he's something like, like that off in the corner sulking, like he said in this episode. God, that scene was so, so cute. It was. I really liked it, and uh, yeah, it was like the first time that the, the show has actually given you something to be happy about for the most part. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. Like a real emotional connection thing. But it is funny in Game of Thrones way that it's the two two Starks finally meet up, but it's probably the two that had the least, not in common, I won't say, but the least like they had the, they're the least close to each other of the whole of two family members probably. Yeah, definitely. never had a scene before together. And people and just because of the nature of the show, people are like reacting like it's the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a bond of necessity. Um. But, yeah, so I did think it was kind of, I mean, this is just, like, I don't know. I don't know how much, like, they, they don't have time, obviously, to get into everything. But it, it was kind of like they they hug in the courtyard. And then what did they go and, like, watch the last couple of seasons of the show together to get caught up on everything? Yeah. <laughs> before they, they have that talk. <laughs> like, she really glossed over, or they really glossed over his, like, coming back to life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he said something to her, like, after what happened, I can't stay here or whatever. But you think mm-hmm. she would be more, like, wait you died and came back to life like what the hell yeah they really didn't they really didn't have her dwell on it I mean like the girl has seen a lot yeah so. well she hasn't seen that though right yeah uh, and also they didn't really discuss the what, White Walkers at all or anything I don't know what the deal like if John just sent out like a tweet about it and just thought no. that she called it good like well also cause Ed uh, what's his name Ed yeah is uh, like he's like telling John like what the hell man you're just gonna <laughs> you're just gonna peace out now like we know it we know what's going on and he's like yeah I'm going I'm not staying here yeah that is like that is sort of a part of like the hero's journey sort of like rejecting if, if you want to see John as like the guy for the show um the ultimate like fan vessel the fan vessel who will ultimately like fulfill right. all the wishes that we've been denied for so long uh which the show's purpose is to deny us those things it's so whatever but like rejecting your destiny is sort of a thing that um yeah. you have to go through in those. it's like isn't this show or at least the series um how george r. r martin wrote it at least it's like always trying to go against the trope or against yeah it's actively subverting those tropes of fantasy fiction yeah. um but with the brand stuff and like it's starting to get more and more magical like it does feel like we're, we're beginning to yeah. lean into the tropes now that now that he's established that they're yeah. not all applicable and Bran wasn't even in this episode. But, Thank God. Um, you're not you're not a fan of that. Story? That's my least favorite plot. I, okay. No, mm, it's my least favorite. It had plot, been yeah. my least favorite plot, um, but with the flashbacks, they're at least interesting. They are interesting, and that was like um, one of the first well choreographed like fights that I've seen on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people thought the double sword was a little goofy or something, or I don't know. Goofy, sure. Yeah. Star Wars or something, but. Uh, and some book people are mad that it wasn't like it's Arthur Dane right is supposed to have that sword called Dawn that's like the uh-huh. most badass sword ever which he wasn't I guess using in that fight but I, some things on the book to show they just won't translate like right. crazy looking swords people talk about like Dario's hair not being blue and like or whatever like, I, all, I so all that don't stuff. care yeah I don't either honestly when I read the books um, as certainly the first time I read them at least I don't I really gloss over like character descriptions of what people look like and stuff like. Yeah. Maybe not Dario because they really made a point of in the book of saying how crazy he looks, but for the most part, 
I don't like yeah that stuff doesn't bother me at all but then people on Reddit or online are like oh is where oh where's Euron Greyjoy is uh, he has two eyes what the hell worst show ever like sure sure like it's just like at a certain point you gotta separate yeah you, gotta, you understand there's like logistical limits to yeah. what I can do I assume that's why they changed the Tower of Joy scene a little bit with like one less person on each side wielding two swords probably to choreograph it better or something mm-hmm. I assume it was for logistical reasons not for creative Plus, ones like, that was cool like the two yeah. swords like the, the moves that he was pulling yeah, out it was it's fine it's awesome enough. um yeah that was that was a good scene uh, from last episode but what about so Bran is your, is your least favorite plot line in the show and, or uh, do you like him in the books or no not really um given that the show has like, gone to so much trouble to subvert all of the tropes of fantasy fiction, just the magical boy who's going to save the yeah. world. And maybe he can time travel, kind of, I guess. Yeah, like, I, he's, he's I, like, I'm just not interested in it at all. Yeah. Uh, not like a failure of the show or anything. It's just yeah, personal I, preference. When I read the books, too, yeah, and I was never that into the brand chapters mm-hmm. in the books, like reading them narrative-wise, but they are good chapters when you go back, and, like when you're waiting for the next book to come out for years or whatever now at this point. And you're getting into all the theories online. The brand chapters do have a lot of uh, stuff you can like really dig into. Definitely. Um, but yeah, just narrative wise, it's, it's pretty not not as interesting. And Jon Snow, honestly, and maybe a lot of people would disagree with this. I'm not sure, but I never really cared about Jon Snow that much in the books. Like his chapters, mm-hmm. especially the later books, aren't like the last book. I didn't like most of his chapters. They were pretty boring. I thought I like Jon Snow in the show better, actually. Like the character. His storyline's more interesting to me in the show. Yeah. Where a lot of ones are would be the opposite. I don't, I don't find the show one as engaging or whatever as the book. Yeah, I've been very interested in what's happening in the North, so, like, I can yeah. I can stand, like, John's, like... I don't know. Well... I can stand his, his parts better than maybe I could if, like, I were less interested, is, what I guess, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not the best, like, plot, like... He's just like eh, confident, young lord, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but you know, I'm super yeah, interested but, like, in like most interesting stuff is happening around him. Yeah, around I'm super him. interested in the wildlings and the White Walkers and just like the politics at Castle Black, like all of it. Yeah, so we'll talk about that a little more. What's going on there? So, speaking of wildlings, what about our boy Tormund uh, getting getting his eyes set on Brienne of Tarth? There, of course, of course. He's uh, like, like the bear is the maiden fair to him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, wasn't it? Uh, was it Tormund who was like bragging about having like he claimed a bear? He claimed he did make that claim. Yes, <laughs> I think he also claimed to like get uh, nursed by a giant or something. Maybe that was in the book only. Yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know if Brienne is into to uh, get people more her size though. She likes the pretty boys like Renly and Jamie, I think. Sure, sure, probably. So. I don't know. I think they'd be good together. I think like they're both, uh-huh. for all the scowling that um, Brienne has to do, I feel like Gwendolyn Christie? That's the actress's name. Yeah, I feel like she does a very like, very like adequate, like charming job with that character. She has good facial reactions. Yeah, yeah. very good. Um, and also in this episode, she so Davos was finally got around to asking Melisandre about what happened with Shireen, really. Mm-hmm. And then gets Mel gets out of it once again by getting interrupted by Brienne, who comes in to brag about She came at them with the sword out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was... Uh, it's interesting, like, uh, interesting dynamic that Brienne knows that they were on Team Stannis, obviously, and yeah. real against them, even though 
Davos is like a cool character you like. I love all three of those characters, yeah. And do you think if, I mean, they, do you think Davos has to find out eventually what, what happened to Shireen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) One of them is going to die because of this. I would assume Uh, he would kill her. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think he actually would, or do you think there's any way he would forgive that because of everything else that's happened? I don't know. Uh, Davos has done such a good job of being like the chill, honorable dude. Um, you you never know, I guess. Uh, do you think anyone else, anyone's gonna find out how old Melisandre really is, or that was just like letting the viewer know, and no one's ever really gonna find that out? I'm sort of starting to think that it like it may be important somehow later on, but uh, I'm I'm starting to think that, that was more just for us. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's my thought right now as well. Um, so well, it's time the rest of the parts. So back at Winterfell. Ramsey uh, made quick work of uh, he basically gets to kill a character every episode. That's like yeah, sure. That's the the uh, I don't know that that's in the contract for the actor or of something. <laughs> um, so Osha showed up again last week for the first time in seasons, and did not stick around very long. No, I thought it was like I thought it was cool. The what am I trying to say? I thought it was cool that she was at least trying to like immediately trying to murder this dude. Oh. She was trying to pull the same type of thing. That she used to do back at Winterfell back in the day, but uh, uh-huh. when Theon was in charge, but obviously Theon told, aka Reek, told Ramsay everything that happened, so Oof. he was not going to be fooled by this one. Yeah, it didn't really work out. And, uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, you could even say Ramsay killed her in self-defense on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm absolutely. Sure he's gonna... But she did get out of having to get, like, tortured like his normal victim, so yeah, <laughs> at least there was that. So, um, and then he gets, yeah, he grabs his apple and starts, uh, flaying the, the apple instead. Of course. Uh, and then he gets, apparently, off screen, he gets his, uh, his pen out and decides to write a nice little letter here. Right. That was sort of like the fla- internet flowery prose here. Uh, come and see. And this is, like, from the book, the pink letter is the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, going back to book talk, the, um... This, the pink letter, as they call it, is, like, a huge... Obviously, in the show here, Ramsey wrote the letter, and then they, they're reacting to it back at Castle Black. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the internet community of the books, this whole pink letter is, like, a huge debate, as a lot of people think that in the book... So, in the book, John gets a similar letter. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's Arya is the one that's married to Ramsey. Um, oh, yeah, She's yeah, yeah. not there, really. Well, in the book, um, uh, the Lannisters married, like, a fake Arya. It, it was, was Jane Poole, Poole yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, but John thinks it's is really Arya. But either way, like, Sansa's not there. All this stuff is different, but... And then he reads the letter and decides to march out, and that's when he gets killed in the book. Yeah. That's the end of the last book. But a lot of people think that there's evidence to suggest that Ramsay didn't really write that letter... Uh, and then it might have been Mance Raider who's still alive in the books, or it might have been Stannis who's still alive in the books, or like all these other people. I don't think that one's possible, but mm. or at least it hasn't been brought up. But um, someone more connected to the Northern plotline, yeah, because in the book Littlefinger and Sansa aren't really no, dealing no, no, with the North yeah. at all. They're still in the Vale, which showed up this episode as well. But yeah, I was just bringing that up. Like, did, I was gonna ask, do you think uh, when you read that part in the book, did he take it at face value? Like, that was Ramsey really sending that? I did. I did. I didn't go as a brutal film on that particular plot line. I mean, it's definitely written in, in a way that sounds like it's him, but there's just so much 
things in the letter when you really break it down that don't make sense at all really so yeah I don't know I, I think the book and the show are different at this point enough it could go either way but in the show here he wrote the letter and that's gonna finally convince John I guess that action needs to be taken mm-hmm. and so it's they're really setting up wildlings and John Santa other northern loyal houses whichever ones are, are loyal actually yeah versus Bolton's car stocks and all that yeah, I mean, numbers aren't currently on their side, so, like, I, I assume yeah. what's going to happen is, um, like they said, you know, also in the episode, that the the Aaron... The Vale yeah, soldiers, the vale. yeah, are entering uh, the fray. Sure, and I, they said they were time. going north. Yeah, so that's what... They're, they're definitely going to team up. And in the, the, did you watch the preview for next week's episode? Yeah, I did. So Littlefinger's already up there talking to Sansa next week. That's so. true, that's true. Uh, he Which, gets around much quicker than everyone. Yeah. Like, you can't have the whole army marched up by that. Maybe he took a ship mm-hmm. up there to, like, East Watch Maybe. or something. Wait, it, they may finally be jumping forward a few days. I know, like, yeah. the whole, like, first four episodes took uh, place in the course of, like, Well, on days. some plots they did. With the John plot, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I assume by next... But all the plot lines on the show are all out of sync. Like, you can't yeah. tell. Like, um... That's also true, I guess. Like, Killy's baby is still, like... Not even a year, it looks like, from what right. we saw last episode. But Fat Walt already had her old pregnancy and had the child born and eaten by dogs already. Like, uh-huh. like the time's kind of messed up. Um, but uh, what about the little finger? That was his first scene of this season. I-, I thought it was a pretty good scene. I liked it. Yeah, just straight pulling. I just again. like Baelish, even though he's clearly evil. Like yeah, Carsetti. Uh, I don't know. He he's not acting Tommy very Carsetti. hard, but he is. He it's cool. Aiden Gillen, the actor. Yeah, it's very hard to tell how good of an actor he is because yeah, sorry, I do feel like he's a good actor. The mayor from The Wire, Carcetti, Yeah, I do feel like he's a good actor in a lot of scenes, even on The Wire and in, in this show. But sometimes he just either overacts or his accents just go all over the place. Like I don't like the Batman thing yeah. he was doing in like the third and fourth seasons where every every yeah, line is delivered. Low. Sometimes yeah. he sounds more Irish than some. T- yeah, like, on The Wire, his accent was pretty bad, but he... I don't know. I do like the character of Littlefinger, though. And even though uh, old uh, Lord Royce didn't really deserve the, the way he's getting treated, <laughs> I still like... like and uh, Aaron himself is a little shithead, obviously, still, but... What, uh, what bullshit did Littlefinger pull with... Uh... So it's complicated, so... He told... All right, well, just in, with what he told Royce... He told him that he was taking Sansa home to the Fingers, which is his, his like original lordship, the shitty yeah. like, land in the in that vale. And then obviously went up to north and sold her, or, you know, married her to Ramsay Bolton. Um, and then now, and then he went down and told Cersei that uh, the Boltons got captured Sansa and married her. Let me take the Vale army up to go mm-hmm. sort out the winner between Stannis and the Boltons and take the North over myself. I'll give you Sansa back, obviously. We know that's never going to happen. And then... uh, So he's lying to everyone. And now he's back at the Vale saying, oh, my... We got accosted on the way by the Boltons who kidnapped Sansa. Now we got to take the... Go back up and get her or whatever. Oh, she escaped, but we got to go help her. Mm -hmm. So Royce, I don't think, really believes this. Like, he clearly doesn't seem to, but he doesn't really have a choice because Aaron, Robin Aaron likes... Baelish, not him, yeah. so... I mean, here's the one thing. Alright, so, I, I mean, I guess it's because 
he does like Littlefinger understands the kid that he he's just like a little shithead. He like wants to throw people out of the moon door. He wants to gives him presents and all that. He the kid doesn't want to be like a warrior or shooting arrows or whatever. Yeah. But um so it makes sense enough. Um it is one of those things from the show to the book that ha- has been annoying me a bit this season where it, it is just oversimplified. I guess it has to be, but people are way especially the villains are way are able to get away with things that wouldn't really ever happen in the book like in the book Roy it's a different situation but Royce is not going to be tricked by Littlefinger like this or he's maybe a lot of the other veil houses in the book are kind of tricked by him but mm-hmm. this guy isn't but the point being like he, if he and re- realistically he should be able to like get his own soldiers on his side and like arrest Littlefinger or something if he doesn't want to go along. Sure. I, I get that though because in the show we, we don't have six years to wait in between right. seasons. Like um, you got to condense some of it. But my point being too also I, I um like Ramsey killing Roos that would never happen that way in the book because like sure. Roos wouldn't be dumb enough not to have his guards around or to trust Ramsey. It was a really TV moment though. Yeah. The whole Doran plot kind of yeah, people are getting away with things too easily uh-huh. which wouldn't really happen but uh, even with Walda Frey, like, in the book, all she has brothers there and, like, a bunch of Frey soldiers, too. So it's just, like, there's not people around to stop the characters and what they need to do. But at the same time, it is at least driving the plot forward, which yeah. I do like, in purposes of the show, at least. Um, so what about King's Landing stuff, then? Uh, the Sparrow plotline's still getting... This is dragging on a little bit. I'm so here for it though. All the acting is so great, and anytime, actors, anytime my yeah. boo is on screen, uh, Finn Jones. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Plays Laura Styra. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my boy. Uh, no, Cersei. Uh, I, I, I'm in love with Lena Headey. Uh, okay. Some people, I think a lot of people would go Natalie Dormer, but uh, you're more of the Cersei also very beautiful. Fan. Uh, you just like Cersei's machinations. Ah, she's such a good actor, and the character is yeah. is the queen of everything. I, I love her so much. So, what it? Well, they had the whole Tyrell scene together. Uh huh. That was adorable. Uh, Loras so is a broken man. He's he's really basically turned into Reek almost. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this? And then Jamie and Cersei come in and say, "We're going to do this plan." So Lannisters and Tyrells are kind of getting back together on this one, I guess. Yeah. What the, is going to happen here, though? The plan is uh, to set it off so that uh, the Lannisters can get their revenge on the Sparrows. The, what is her house name? Tyrell. The Tyrells can get their fucking daughter back. And then uh, the um, plan is for both son. of the rich families to take um, to take the city back from the 99%. But they're going to do it right when she's going to go on the walk of shame or something? Or, like, what? Uh-huh. They're supposed to... What's the logistic it, It's thing supposed here? to happen, like, as their parade is supposed to happen. So. so, do you think, like... What's Cersei's plan here? Like, do you think she's gonna try to have, like, Marjorie get killed in the crossfire somehow? My girl or? definitely has something up her sleeve. That wouldn't surprise me. And what's going on with... So, they mention Lancel Lannister, and they get their uncle to go along with it, because they're like, uh-huh. do you want your son back? Which makes sense, but... What does Jamie know at this point? Like, does he... Does he know that Cersei admitted to, like, screwing Lancel, and then that's why she went through... I think he does. She, I would assume he, he doesn't does. care, because like, no, in the book, obviously, he cares a lot. Blue. In the book, though, it's completely different. Like, he, yeah. he's mad about Their it. Their relationship doesn't recover so quickly, that's And for he's sure. not around at this part of the book, either, but... I Yeah, the, the... 
Jamie in the show at this point is disappointing to me a little bit. Hopefully he gets really? out of Cersei. I want him to get away from Cersei and start being a better person again. Like, Oh, I'm so into them together. Power couple, dude. I'm not into it. I, I really, his character in the book is, my I would say, my favorite character in the entire book series. One of mine, yeah. And it's not working the same because he gets away from her in the book and he realizes, like... True. How she's always bringing him down and making him do bad things, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like over that. Now in the show here, he's back with it again. And it just doesn't work as well for me. But I feel like he still has to like get separated from her somehow. I don't know. Maybe not. But I think Loki. She might die this season. You think she's gonna die? Yeah, oh, I don't she, know about that. She might be. She's top three best actors still on the show. You think um, just kill all the best actors? Yeah. <laughs> um. But Tommen has to die first before he's definitely going to die. Yes, I could see that happening. Maybe he dies in the crosshair somehow in this Sparrow thing. That could happen. That could definitely. Uh, happen. Who would be king then? Who would the Lannisters make king if they still had the power? I think. How does the succession work? It would be his uncle, who is dead. There, he, there are no every left. everyone in the line of succession is dead. So of Baratheons, of the yeah. Baratheons, which are obviously it's really Lannister bastards. But yeah, there's literally no one like. I guess they have Jen uh, uh, Gendry, who obviously they wouldn't make him king, but the Lannisters wouldn't, but he's like the only real Baratheon around left, mm-hmm. even though he's a bastard. I too. think it just opens itself up to another civil war, that, uh, yeah. a very truncated civil war that gets resolved when the White Walkers come down and everyone has to band together. So you think Would the, be a guess. Do you think the Walkers will definitely make it as far south as King's Landing at some point? They're going to be back next episode, judging by yeah. the idea. At least in Bran's vision. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking that's just a vision because yeah. he's like right there. He seemed the, like he got stuck in it yeah. or something, though. But possible, um, yeah. By the preview, but but do you think eventually the Walkers are going to come all the way down that far south? They've got to start doing something with that, right? There are two seasons you left would think. from here. They don't know, so there's definitely going to be a season seven, maybe a season, a half of a season eight. Like I think the showrunner said. They might have about 13 or 14 episodes left total after the season. So it wouldn't be two more full seasons. Yeah, they absolutely have to start doing something with the White Walkers. Do you think the wall comes down ever or this season even? I don't know if the wall comes down. I assume that they get through it. I'm kind of thinking this season might end like the the whole bastard battle happens. Mm-hmm. John, Team John wins. Bastard Bowl. Bastard Bowl happens. Team John is victorious, but then right when they're winning, or right when they get the win, White Walkers come in, and it's like, oh shit! North is super devastated. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Maybe all the dead Bolton soldiers like turn into whites and get of off. course, uh, yeah, something like that will happen. Um, all right, so we had a quick, pretty quick scene with the uh, formerly the artist formerly known as Reek, I guess, going mm-hmm. home to. Uh, to uh, his sister, he found out his father's dead. Yeah, it's yes. convenient timing. His sister's like, "Oh, you just showed up now because right, our dad's dead. You want to be king?" <laughs> but he says, "No, he doesn't want it," which obviously makes sense. Why would he at this point? I was waiting for him to basically roll over like a puppy, just like yeah. They had her ask like three times. So, the king's mood from the book, uh, which I think from the books, is apparently happening next episode also. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this... What's the point of Theon being back here for this? Because we know he's not obviously not going to win, and I'm sure his uh, sister's not either. It's Victarion be, wins in the books, right? Euron. Euron. Yeah, Victarion's not a character in the show. Right. Well, here's what I think is going to happen, I guess. Euron is going to, I assume, still win the King's Moon in the show as well. I think 
what's her name in the show? Yara. In the books, it's Asha. Which, oh. interestingly, I guess the show did that because they didn't want people to be confused with Osha. Right. Who died this episode, so maybe Yara can just get her real name back. All the versions of Rob and Robert and Robin. Yeah, it's maybe. pretty dumb. Uh, and Yara sounds kind of like Arya, so yeah. they didn't pick a wildly different name. <laughs> like They didn't make her like Rebecca or something. Right. Rebecca Greyjoy. So, Yara Greyjoy, I think they're going to give her... Like, in the book, she's still entangled. Her and Theon are both entangled in the Stannis plotline, which uh-huh. is quite uh, fizzled out in the show, obviously, with his demise. So, what it seems like to me is they're going to give... I kind of get picked this up from the trailer, too, of the season trailer, because, like, it shows her, which seems to be in, like, a Volantis whorehouse. So... um I think she's basically getting the Victorian plot from the books, where I, I she assume... She goes to find Daenerys? Yeah, I assume Euron's gonna say, go get Daenerys for me, like he does with his brother Victorian in the book. I guess Theon's gonna go along... Like what? I just don't understand where Theon fits into this. Is he gonna go with her? I, I don't know. The only other eunuch we've seen on the show... Uh, has well, we've seen a lot, a to be fair. great manipulator, uh, just an excellent advisor. Wait, we've seen other eunuchs? There's the show is uh, rife with eunuchs. So we got oh yeah 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 all yeah. unsullied like right. Grey Worm. And, you're right, you're right. All I the mean, Tyrion scenes. He's the only one with a dick in any sure. of these scenes. This season. <laughs> um, not also, this episode, can we get but... Missandei something to do other than pout? Like that, that girl's a good actress. Yeah, is she? Yeah, I, I guess so. she's okay. She's a much um, better actress than Amelia Clark. Yeah, well. So, well, all right, yeah, we don't need to talk about the Theon scene much more. I don't know, you don't have any prediction of what's going to happen. No prediction at all. Uh, so we can move on to Meridian yeah. with your girl, Masande. She was rocking some, like, pants in this episode. Gouchos. Sometimes they just get, like, they're just, like, like, last season, Jamie was rocking, like, a leather jacket for a while. Like, they're just giving that him dude some. That dope. Jamie always looks <laughs> He, so he looks cool. great in it, but some, some of these are a little anachronistic, I feel like, even though it's not from a real time period, but it's, yeah. you know... Um, well, she has, like, leather pants on or whatever. But uh, she wasn't too happy, nor was Grey Worm in this episode, when our boy Tyrion was trying to, uh, what do you call it, I guess, negotiate with the slaver cities mm-hmm. who are apparently funding the Sons of the Harpy. This wasn't the most, like, eventful plotline, but I did find it kind of interesting. It was, like, it was definitely trying to draw, I felt, like, a real-world parallel Obviously, yeah. Like, um, the point is, like, what can you do to make that, like, to make that situation right? Than it was when you got there. And and Tyrion being like a Westerner who doesn't really know what's going on, but he thinks he does, or he thinks he can. And his solution may not work out, but it probably won't, because like they, like Grey Worm says, they don't. You don't use them; they're gonna use you. Mm-hmm. And we obviously this isn't gonna work out. Like they're not going to. Oh God, no. Um, and Tyrion's kind of. I I was getting his point. A lot of it, like, he, he's right, um, like, he's, like, they'll underestimate us, whatever. He's making some good points, but when he's trying to say, like, oh, I was a slave for two two weeks, so I right. get what it's like, and they're like, come on, man, you don't under you don't understand it all. Still. Right. Um, I thought that scene was especially potent, given the, yeah. like... Uh, Ferris didn't even, like, say anything this whole episode. He was just hanging out and sitting there. He simpered one time. <laughs> he, one he did his little, oof. Okay, and he gets paid for that, I guess. Yeah. To <laughs> his work. Also, uh, pa- old Padraic was, he was in a bunch of scenes not saying anything either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a couple main characters just uh, hanging out watching, like, just to remind you of this. Um, 
So where do you so well we're, we'll talk about the Danny stuff last year I guess so but what's gonna happen in Marine here do you think the rest of the season Are Danny's gonna come back there with the Dothrakis or what's going on? <sighs> I feel like you can go one of two ways right either you take it as a metaphor for the real world situation that that America created in this century in in our like middle in the actual middle east in the actual world and you say there's like we're, we're here and there's nothing we can do to make it better and we just have to get out and let them sort it out which is not the only answer to that question that that people have posed but now that she's got now that she does have her army do you just say that like her all of the momentum that she's built and lost over the last five books six seasons of television is it worth just pulling out and like giving up on Marine and giving up on Slaver's Bay and taking what you have and coming home to, yeah. to, to where you wanted to come all the whole time, or do you stay? Do you have this? Do you keep the sweat equity that you've put into building Marine? Do you do you try to conquer the rest of Slaver's Bay, which is just going to take too long? Like uh, for the story show wise, itself, yeah. yeah, it's never going to work. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Slaver's Bay is a lost cause. Even if she leaves, it kills more of the slavers. Like. She's never going to be able to rule it completely, or the whole world, essentially, is what she essentially wants to rule. Totally. Oh, that's a metaphor. Uh, yeah. Well, I do think that, I don't know if, well, so, we'll talk about the individual scenes themselves, but from what it means going forward, she has, apparently is going to have all the Dothrakis on her side. I feel like they're probably going to go to Volantis, maybe, and sack that city first, before going maybe. back to Marine, maybe. Uh, that's like the most major slave city, even though it's not part of like the Slavers Bay region. So maybe yeah. they'll do that, and that will keep them separated still from Tyrion and that plot line. Or maybe they're just trying to get them back together again. I'm not sure, but um, we still got the dragons are all the out season. there. The dragons are all out there still. So, yeah. all right. So you said you didn't like the Danny part in this episode. Is that correct? I did not. Just the ending or the whole thing in general. It's gotten to the point in her plot where I don't like her plot at all, and I think in the show especially, the, the best part of her plot is when people are doing her job for her. I think uh, Emilia Clarke's just not a good actress, which isn't the show's fault. What is the show's fault, I think, is how they're constantly, like, rewriting and rewriting, like, her plot. So, so you get all this momentum, and and then you, you, you get kidnapped out of your city, and you get all this momentum with the Kalasar, uh, and now, who, who knows? They've cried wolf so many times on her. Like, that I've is kind done of, with her. This is one thing, though, that is kind of from the books. Like, this part hasn't been written yet or hasn't been published yet, but if it's going to happen like this. But her storyline is kind of like that in the books as well. So it's, yes. I guess you would say it's Martin's fault if you don't like the sure, sure. bad acting aside or whatever, which I agree. She's not definitely not the strongest actress around. Sometimes she's better than others. I don't know. They give her, I thought she was fine yesterday. I didn't. <laughs> they they give her nothing to do sometimes except just yeah. like exude girl power, which she's like not great at because like you, you give her something very broad to do and she's a very young actress, but just like in the same show with Lena Headey, who always like no matter if she doesn't even have any lines with like, what she's doing with her face. It's yeah, just so obviously impressive. there's no comparison there, but I do feel like Amelia Clark does better somehow when she's speaking the fake languages. Like she's yeah, a little more absolutely. convincing. Um but who I don't think is a good actor at all is the guy who plays Dario. I don't like. I thought he was getting really outclassed in his scenes with um the actor who plays Jorah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Jorah actor has so much charisma, and then like he, I didn't think he was keeping up well. But you're right. Um, 
Although he did have one good part where he, the actor did have one good part where he, when she is coming out of the fire and he's like actually realizing, oh shit, like that's who I've been sleeping with. Like (laughs) clearly he didn't realize the full extent of her powers, whatever you want to call it. And then he's like actually realizing, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, And then he's, you know, this Jorag took a little peek back up to get, to get one, (laughs) get a good look, Costanza on that one. Um, but what about their plot line with trying to go in? Well, here's what I will say about the... I I'm, I still haven't decided whether I liked the end of the episode or not. There's things I liked and didn't like about it. So I did like that it kind of subverted your expectations that the dragon didn't show up to save her. Sure, sure. She saved herself. She didn't even really need Dario and Jorah, uh-huh. who had a comical kind of scene with... Tries to throw sand in that guy's face. Doesn't face him at all. And Dario has to stab him, and they spill blood in the holy city or whatever. But, but ultimately, she saved herself, which I did like. But then it is another scene of just like everyone bowing down to her. And I know they're trying to recreate the walking out of the original fire scene from season one, but which was fine. But yeah, it is like at a certain point kind of old I don't know right it's not even a variation on those themes like they are restating the theme of her just like her walking out of fire unscathed her getting large masses of like brown people to bow down to her just like do something else just do something um so yeah so what she is gonna do I assume is take all the Dothraki and get going and then they're probably gonna work the ironborn in with the ships that's the right sure seems to be where this is all going what's up with jo- so dario saw that jorah had the grayscale t he finally he finally took a look through that yeah. wide open shirt hole right. that jorah's been rocking finally took a look in there and said oh shit what where is that plot line going anyway like in the book jorah's not the one who gets grayscale it's a different character who's not even uh-huh. in in essos um Griff. Young uh, Griff, yeah, who is John Connington in the book, uh-huh. who's part of that Aegon or Fagon they call it online because right. no one thinks it's really Aegon storyline, which the show is completely excised. I'm fine with that. I I'm as well. It just wouldn't work in the show. There's too much going on already. But he, but in the book, so I'm not sure if that guy gets the grayscale and he's in Westeros now. Is they're gonna spread that to Westeros? Is Jorah gonna spread it in Essos or over here? What's going or what's the point of it? I think standing and find out. I don't know. There. There's another thing where I have I have I have two two theories like there are two ways to me that it could go, like either he's going to spread grayscale in her camp and he's going to create like more narrative uh, entropy on, on her because she doesn't get to use the Kalasar to expedite her her like because they all get grayscale yeah <laughs> turn to stone plague racks her camp and she's just sitting in the middle of nowhere again, or he just exists as a tragic figure he's got grayscale he's got there's a there's a timer on his character and uh, he's He's in yeah. love with the queen who will never yeah. see him. That I way. mean, he's definitely, you know, he's, he doesn't have a happy ending coming for him. Certainly, that's God true. No. But just what is going to happen, I'm unclear on still. Or what's the point of the grayscale? And the book, too, there. So that's not there. But then there's the whole bloody flux thing. So there is, like, a huge outbreak of something in the Danny plotline in the mm-hmm. book, too. The book just sets up so many things. That's why it's so crazy, and you have to go... I do at least have to read online about it and read theories and stuff before the next one comes out because like George Martin Martin just set up so many crazy things all at once that it's like how is this ever gonna resolve itself? Got the whiteboard in his in his room. It's gotta be, yeah. gotta be so beautiful mind. 
it's or he's just making it all up. Oh, also, that's why it takes him ten years to get a new book out because he's trying to remember everything and get it all to make sense. All right, so overall on that episode, you did liked it overall. Is that the vibe I'm getting? You just didn't love the end scene. I did. Yeah, the episode was great. The last ten minutes sucked. Okay. I uh, yeah, I, I liked the episode, and uh, I'm going back and forth whether it's my favorite of the season. Not sure if it was. I did like the one from last week a lot too. Um, so I don't know, but either way, there was a lot of good moments. O- overall, season six, I'm liking it so far. Way better than last. With season, season five, so most people regard that as the worst season, as do I. Might be. But it's turning it around this year. And uh, all right, so this was good. We discussed Book of the Stranger, a book. So maybe this isn't a Brooklyn bite. It's a Brooklyn bite. That's pretty. There weak. you go. Now we got pretty it. Pretty weak, but you know. May the mother have mercy on me for coming up with a bad title. I wish you luck in the wars to come. Thank you. They're bragging that phrase out a lot now. I'm, I'm here I've for noticed. it. Two episodes in a row, and that's something Matt Raider said last season. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to say? Like any more predictions you want to make season going forward or next episode, anything like that? I mostly just want everyone to pay attention to Sansa's eyebrows. I'm pretty sure they've been different every week. They were excellent last week. Okay, so you think it can only go downhill, or can that rest? Honestly, get I've got I've got great expectations. All right. Well, you know what they say about Game of Thrones. You don't want to have those expectations because you're only going to get. I'll be seeing her end. eyebrows on a pike in three episodes. Yes. Perhaps he's going to play those eyebrows <laughs> up right. and send them to you. Send them to you in the mail with a letter. Uh, I guess another thing, like I, I am looking forward to to the uh, the brawl in King's Landing. Like that is going to be dope. I feel like that's going to be a set piece for the for the season. Yeah, we got to see Mountain Mountain Man uh, knocking some more heads together. Oh, it's got to maybe the High Sparrow himself. Also, Old Maester Pycelle has got to get got this season. Oh my finally. God, get Come him on. out! I of think Franken Mountain's gonna finally crush his clanky old ass. All right, well that's very good then. Uh, Enam. Your Twitter is uh, at itchaboy if anyone wants to hit you up and get more eyebrow talk, right? They can't do that. NBA playoff talk. And, uh, you know, I don't know, we'll get another Mistress Relevant episode out in a couple weeks maybe or so. Football off season between the draft and training camp, not not as much to talk about. Uh, Stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Podcast. Also, check out Pop Parallels Podcast, which you were a guest on an episode recently as well. Yeah episode about uh, the election Trump and all that sort of thing and I've got a new episode out all about being named Brian which doesn't sound interesting off the face of it but it's a great episode with some good improvisers named Brian so check out Pop Parallels Podcast Uh, hit us up if you want at podboys p-o-d-b-o-y-z productions at gmail.com and on Facebook and uh, peace how do we end this with the Game of Thrones way Valor Valo Margulis, or is there a cool Valo one? Valo right, there we go. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker, burn.